What does it mean to live biblically? This is Saturday, May 27th. Now, answering that question it may depend on who you ask. Journalist A.J. Jacobs wrote a book a few years back entitled The Year of Living Biblically. Now, Jacob comes from a Jewish background, but hadn't pr- practiced his faith through the years. But he decided to conduct an experiment to see what it would be like to obey the Jewish law long enough to try and grasp what it's all about. He shared his experience in that book. So what did he do? Well, first he decided to read through Jewish scripture and discover what the law required, taking note of each law or guideline. In the end, he scribbled down 72 pages of notes and over 700 requirements. He decided he would keep all of these laws except the ones that would be illegal today, such as killing sorcerers or slaughtering animals for various sacrifices. But that still left him with a lot to keep track of. Now, as we looked at this yesterday, we saw how Jesus came to remove the burden of excessive law-keeping. Now, some of the laws that this guy Jacobs discovered seemed quite impossible to fulfill. For example, the law requires owners of fields not to harvest to the edge of their fields, to leave some for the poor to glean. He took this as a requirement to try and give money to the poor. And so one day, he purposefully dropped a $5 bill for someone to pick up. But a person who was walking nearby saw him drop, drop it, picked it up, and came running to him trying to return it. Jacobs told the man, No, it isn't mine. Now the problem was that in trying to drop money for others in need, he now lied about the money not being his. You see, if you look at at the law, you will find that the laws can sometimes conflict with each other in in the way that they're practiced. For this reason, the Jewish leaders always seemed to be debating which was the most important law, which one you should obey if there was a conflict. This is the debate that Jesus stepped into when he entered into Jerusalem during the week before the Passover. Here's our text for today, Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, in the days before the Passover, Jesus was teaching almost every day in the temple courts. And at one point, wave after wave of challengers appeared to question Jesus or to debate with him. Here's one of those moments. Now, there were two schools of thought among the rabbis that disagreed about the law. In one camp, they believed that some of the laws were weightier, as they said, than others. So if there was a conflict, the weightier aspects of the law must be given attention first. But the second camp believed just the opposite. They thought that if even the smallest aspect of the law was broken, well, 
It would be binding, just like any of the others. And the areas of the law seemed to be most important, and those that seemed to be least, were all found together in the law. They believed that to try and distinguish between the more and less important parts of the law was very dangerous. What if they missed something and angered God? What might happen to the whole law if they failed to obey a small precept in it? If it's a system that holds together, might they lose it all? Now notice here how Jesus answers them. He takes two great commands of God and makes them as one. First, there's the command to love God. It's found in that section of scripture that the Jewish people call the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That has sometimes been called the Magna Carta of Judaism, or the founding truth of the faith. It rests on the fact that there is only one true and living God, and he is to be loved with our whole being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. That verse from Deuteronomy, the Shema, is the verse that is used to open every synagogue service, and it's the core of the faith. So, of course, none of the Jewish leaders could oppose that truth. But then Jesus added to that statement a quote from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, that the Jewish people believed meant loving your fellow Jew. But Jesus shared those words without any limitation. The love of neighbor was to include everyone. This was a stunning expl explanation of the greatest command, because Jesus treats them as one. No other rabbi had ever brought the two together like this. Okay, now let's circle back to where we started. What does it mean to live biblically? You see, I think A.J. Jacobs got it wrong and missed the point at the same time. This life is not about adding up a list of commands as the Jewish people had done. No, it is living the heart of the law. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now this is important for our study of discipleship because this is the life Jesus lived and the life we come to live as we come to him. His calling is not to live every day in the fear that we're getting something wrong. No doubt we will but it's to be lived in the joy of knowing God, loving God, and living that love with those who are around us. Let's pray. Loving God, our Heavenly Father, we have so much to learn. Show us Jesus and make us like Him by the work of Your Spirit. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen.